Well, Brent is gay, and Kaylin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's Homo Superior. Cockada, 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 cock. It's issue 237. I'm Kaylin. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brent Wingate. And this week, asses to asses, lust to lust, we've got a brand spanking new Thor Love and Thunder down under trailer. Uh, no, con- not content. <laughs> To just being a top gun, oh God. Tom Cruise returns to espionage and insane stunts in the new Mission Impossible movie. We've got a trailer for that as well. I don't know why we're reviewing it, uh, given any of the things we've ever reviewed before, mm-hmm. but I'm here for it. The newest Destiny of X title, Legion of X, debuts this week. And, uh, oh, we've got other issues, too. And as always, uh, we want to plug me, Daddy. You horny little rockins. <laughs> but first, some housekeeping. Uh, uh, Ryan, I believe you have some houses to keep. Yes, I do. I very much do. Um, so we have some huge, huge news. So AwesomeCon will be here soon to Washington, D.C. This is our Comic-Con in Washington, D.C. Can you believe it? Washington, D.C. <laughs> <laughs> the great capital of America, Washington, Zero. <laughs> I still go places and I show my ID that like, says Washington, D.C. And people say, we can't accept international. That is insane. It still happens. When the TSA is like, what is this? I, I hate that. I had a the woman in a hotel in Iowa ask me, oh, D.C., what's the state? Uh, it's the District of Columbia. Oh, so Columbia is that the state? I was like, no, District of Columbia. What are the initials? DC. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what to tell you guys. What's worse is when they go, I'm sorry, what state is this? Is this? And you're like, it isn't one. And then they like, wait, so I can't accept this if this isn't from a state. Uh, I had to tell my grandmother that it, it is the state. It's like, you just put DC and she goes, oh, I, I've never been there. So I didn't know. I don't think that's the excuse, <laughs> Grandma. Yeah. Sure. What what happens when she like sees Alaska? Sure. <laughs> she only recognizes Atlanta as she, the capital. I told her about Hawaii the other day. Her mind was blown. Um, <laughs> any anyway, so we uh, will be having a panel at AwesomeCon. Um, it will be at June fourth at five p.m. in room two oh six. This panel is entitled "X Gays: The Queer Liberation of X Men Comics." So come by. We're going to have some fun guests. We have a really fun comedian, Violet Gray, will be joining us. She Dresses up as She-Hulk a lot, and she looks way better than that trailer ever did. No, she looks great. Yeah, she looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm really excited. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of fun things. Um, I believe Brent may be hosting it. It's going to be really yeah, fun. Yeah, I'll be moderator. We're going to cool. have some fun. We'll have some little games. We'll be talking to the audience, fielding questions. Honestly, I don't know if it's a really great title for our panel, yeah. given that it's well, the same bullshit you're listening to right now. <laughs> Uh, but it should be fun. But yeah, come out and we'd love to see you. Yeah, bring your fruit to throw at us. All right, let's get into some uh, real segments. Yeah, let's all go on down to the trailer park. All right, we got several trailers. Uh, if you liked bright lights and bare asses, you're in luck. The final trailer for Thor: Love and Thunder is out like Thor's cock. <laughs> Jane, Jane is stacked, and Thor is lovelorn. Did Russell Crowe give us the most important snap since Thanos? I want to know is, do we think it's going to be pixelated, the ass is going to be pixelated in the movie, or was that just for the it trailer? It has to be, baby girl. Pixelated would, in the movie? It will be. Or, or it's just in black and white, like gore is. <laughs> it makes no sense. I, I want to gore that ass. It, it looks, he's, 
Wait, so the rating, the rating is PG thirteen. Then, then they can show ass. Yeah, they, they can. Show, show. I think they're going to show ass. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think they. Are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? I think it's because because the trailer has to be rated for general audiences that they have to do the yeah the blurring. But would Taikai Watiti try and show ass if he couldn't? Yes. Yes, but. He would get away with it, I think. There's an interview <clears throat> with Chris and Taikai, and they're like, um, he's asking them, he's like, Taikai always wants me to do a shirtless scene, and I try to get out of it every fucking time, but he always wants me to do a shirtless scene. So he really ups himself this time, so I, I applaud it. love how <laughs> queer Taikai is. Like, yeah. I think he's ostensibly straight. He is, yeah. Uh, he identifies, yeah. But he loves the male physique. This, this is what people mean when they say, we want an ally. Like, yeah, yeah, you really. can make an entire TV show about pirates, and you decided to closet in a whole homosexual history between two figures. Yeah. That's that's what that's I was good. Yeah, that's good, right? All right, so we also got our real first look at Gore, the God Butcher, playing yeah. Christian Bale. Notable differences from the character. Number one, he's not wearing a cloak. And I know that that's very important for gore fans. Mm -hmm. Number two, has a nose. Yeah. Also weird. What do you think of the first look of this character? Worried? Excited? How do you feel? I like... I'm not mad about the changes, necessarily. I mean... You're pissed. I'm (laughs) so angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. Um, I'm okay with the changes, because I think it's going to help... Christian Bale, who's a phenomenal actor, emoted a little bit better. Yeah, and I like that the while the rest of the world Asgard everything is so colorful, yeah. Gore is black and white. I mean, it's a fucking Marilyn Manson, you know, goddamn video from like the late '90s, early 2000s. Like that, that kind of like you know industrial like aesthetic. I think is kind of cool. The entrance was reminiscent of Hella's entrance too, being like very theatrical, over the top, yeah, having beautiful nails, grabbing a, a like sword. A yeah, it's. Um, I really, I actually like the visual. I think he doesn't have a nose because if he didn't have a nose and he sort of looked the same way, he would be fucking Voldemort. He'd be Voldemort. He'd be oh, Voldemort. I, I thought you were gonna say. Who'd you think? Uh, Ebony Maw. That too. Oh, oh that's a great point. Similar, and people would good on you. Not uh, good on you for remembering <laughs> Evan. My my concern about the way that the trailer shows him, and maybe it's just because it's a trailer, <clears throat> and they often do things to hypersaturate whatever. Yeah, is that I worry that the motivation of Gore is going to be undercut in the movie. That he the he has a, like a, have a, a cheesy line uh. about. The gods, you know, they yeah. are, they're so, they think they're so great. When the criticism of Gore is really the same of like, you know, power corrupts. Yeah. And if that doesn't really come through in a, you know, the, a pathetic way that you actually feel for the character who suffered and hates the gods, then it kind of feels like a stock villain and it, it sure. destroys another great villain like Malkeith was. Yeah, I, I I feel like, okay, so Hella was, even though iconic look and uh, Kate Blanchett just fucking ate up the scenery, it was a bit of a one-note villain. Yeah. She was, yeah. you know? Um, she will fucking kill you right now. I, what a way to go. But Gore, I feel, because of, well, Christian Bale is a phenomenal actor, I mean, so is Kate Blanchett, but um, the sort of pathos he can bring to certain roles, even when he's playing a villain... 
I think I, I think Taikai will give that motivation. I don't. I'm not. Wor- I'm worried about other things in the movie. I'm not worried about this. We need to spend time with him. We need to spend a lot of time, more time than we think, because we're introducing a lot. We have Jane coming back. We yeah. have to introduce that story. Mighty Thor. Yeah. We need Thor's weird redemption by going to CrossFit. Mm-hmm. We need a lot. Tessa has a whole story. We need like all. Of it. Do you like? Do you like that uh, they had in the trailer where? Molnir is, is almost in Thor's grasp and then it pulls away yeah. and Jane has it. And then suddenly Thor is wearing a giant fucking helmet and says, Jane? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good editing. That's yeah. good editing. Uh, did you like his, like, uh, like, like his, that. uh, like uh his, his, uh, spirit Halloween store Wolverine mask? Yeah, that was a, I, I actually got a lot of Heimdall vibes from it. Oh, yeah. Um, but like, but like stupid Heimdall. But like Heimdall mask you buy like at CVS or Walgreens. Yeah, okay, so uh, moving on, if we were worried that Lucasfilms wouldn't fill in every moment from Anakin's death yes. to Sidious's second death, correct? Uh, fret not, Disney Plus has a trailer for Andor, which by the trailer, I'm guessing is the story of the rebellion formation in the 30 minutes before Rogue One started. Uh, I don't know if the show is going to be good, but I do know that that trailer was fucking amazing. So I liked it a lot. Yeah, go ahead, Star Wars fan. Uh, as a huge Star Wars fan, I this is not what I was expecting for this. I thought as a we, Star Wars fan, was it something you were expecting? <laughs> it truly wasn't. I'm glad you asked. It started with this weird sort of like drumming thing that almost gave me like uh, Lord of the Rings vibes or yeah, something. Like yeah, that. very was, much so. Like very medieval. Yeah, it was it was interesting. Um, it feels like this is going to finally feel uh, like we're getting new characters. It doesn't have to be connected as much to like we, Skywalker's. We can, yeah. Exactly. We can uh, Ander. We know obviously a little bit from Rogue yeah. One, and Mon Mothma will be in it as well. Yeah. But other than that, it feels like we're going to get a completely new cast, which is kind of fun. Yeah. So uh, I am excited for it as well because. The era of like right when the empire is rising and the republic is like crumbling, uh, and you see a little bit of that with the aesthetic from like the prequels, like that kind of like you know like retro future, like very like J- Judy Jetson kind of like the cars and everything. Right. I like seeing that, and like Rogue One was a phenomenal movie. We all, I think we all really liked so it. Good. Um, and Solo was. Better than people remember. Yeah. Because uh, the stuff with the Empire showing just how cruel and treacherous and just, like, oppressive they were, if they can really show that in the show, and I think they'll have the freedom to do it, I think this could be a very good show. So when I think about the Nazi parallel of the Empire, there is a huge problem that the Empire in you know, four, five, and six is just evil. Yeah. Yes, of course, they do tons of bad things, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really get, I think, into the minutiae of they, evil. They blew up uh, Alderaan, but they gave everybody universal health care. But they so, did, yeah. did they show anyone on Alderaan? No. no. Do they actually, like, reflect on what it means to blow up a planet? Me? No. The thing that actually is interesting about this, and I think it comes from the scenes where you see high society mm-hmm. in the Empire that there will be a criticism of the ways that power can pollute people's minds and cause them Love to it. support You're things right. that are truly evil. The amount of diversity, not just in the cast, but also in the locations, where we're going to go, what we're going to see, I think is 
really rich ground to criticize the structures of power that exist in this. Well said, yeah. Yeah, and this actually could, if you do it right, it could feel like the end of the Weimar Republic and the rise of, you know, to bring up your Nazi parallel again. Um, And I've said that before on, like, when we've talked about Rise of Skywalker, it's like, what would you want to do or what would be your, like, inspiration? And I talked about the graphic novel Berlin, which we read a while back, which is about, like, the, you know, winding days of, of the Weimar Republic and how... Uh, they weren't ready for what was coming. And so if they can, if they can, in a kid show on Disney Plus, if they can find a way to show that horror without yeah. showing all the horror, I think it could be really, really good. The, other, the only other thing I want to point out about this trailer that made me so excited was, I guess I should say two. One real quick is I don't know what this story is going to be. Yeah, it is. That, I like, they did yeah. not spoil anything. Yes. I, I feel like I saw a lot, but got nothing. Yeah. yeah great. The other thing is, how visually beautiful it looks. Mm-hmm. The CGI work, the, the, the costumes, the sets, they don't look janky at all. It does not look like the Book of Boba Fett. Yes. yes. To me, that means that there's not going to be things that I have to fight against taking me out of a scene. What this has going for it is this was not rushed. It had a lot of delays. And because people didn't know anything about it and weren't demanding Mandalorian season, yeah. whatever, yeah. it got to really figure it out. This is going to be two seasons, they said. Okay. So they have the set story already, That's which right. is amazing because they're not going to just, I mean, they'll inevitably, it'll be successful and then they'll come to do it <laughs> by accident. <laughs> yeah. But for now, those two seasons are locked in. So I'm excited to have a, a close story that they planned. And, and not, two seasons is a great number to have. And then it'll be Andar and Grogu, yeah. go to the moon or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're the character. <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Ethan Hunt is back and finally aging in the new Mission Impossible trailer. Uh, where are we in the Mission Impossible universe? Oh, yeah. I think this is and, number seven. And what is a Dead Reckoning Part 1? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. This trailer's wild. It looks fun. Um, I was like, when... Are the zombies going to be showing up? Because yeah. doesn't it sound exactly like a zombie movie? Dead Reckoning? It sounds like a video game series that everybody loves. And I'm like, it can't be good. Yeah. <laughs> People really love it. Yeah. Like Call of Duty 4. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the thing that I think is worrisome to me, not about Mission Impossible at all, is about what that signifies, that trailer signifies for the future of trailers. Because so many trailers, even the one, the, the Andor one, had the some characters doing something, so we have really audible click, like hard percussive sounds. Yeah. This trailer did something I don't think I've seen in a lot of trailers, which is make everything really quiet, and there's one voice, person's voice over it. There's no sounds of stuff. There's no music. Mm. It's just one person talking. And, and I he do was... not like where the future of trailers is going. It's, it's, so they had to change the model of just a normal voiceover, like with the same dude being like, uh, in a time when you're, you're, there is, when you're out of time, you know, it's like one of those. Yeah. But I think this is the, you, new, you captured Don LaFontaine's voice Thank you so much. Yeah. A, but yeah, I think that is the format, a format now. Just a weird whisper. Like, and he this was talking so to a intense. mouse. This is so intense right now. So this is a, they're calling it part one, so obviously there'll be a part two. And How funny would it be if they just, just didn't, <laughs> no, they just do go to part <laughs> three. Like, like, yeah. Jews in space. Yeah. 
that is a Mission Impossible movie. But this is Christopher Macquarie's 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 third outing as director uh-huh. of Mission Impossible, which is so interesting to me because the first four movies, first five had different directors. It was like their like version of what the Mission Impossible two universe sucks. looks. Two, two does not. Two is the worst oh, of the so lot. Bad, yeah. yeah, of the lot. But it still has some, you know, redeeming qualities. If I imagine, I don't know anything about Mission Impossible. Uh-huh. Could you give me a synopsis about what the fuck has happened? Uh, uh, roughly, uh, no, no. Pod Quiz has never aged, um, and they. They they will have a lot of reveals where they take pull off their faces and oh it's not it's somebody else. So <laughs> they <laughs> love that. Ostensibly he is. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, that's basically the description of the movie. So he's a spy. Yes. Yeah. And then eventually he has to turn against his own government. Correct. Because I did see Rogue Nation. Correct. And Rogue Nation's great. Then they turned back against him. Yes. Correct. And then we're friends. And I think he now, once again, has to turn back against who he once turned his back on. Okay. I think again. The way I look at it, it's the connected tissue between James Bond and the Bourne movies. Yeah. Because it's like, le- like... Because that's the surgeries that Tom Cruise got to see. Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, it, it, like, it has a lot of like the high-tech gadgety type stuff sure. that like, James Bond pre... Uh, what's his face? Who's the last James Bond? Was uh, it? Yeah, uh, Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. Um, uh, but it has like that kind of like you know it attempts to be a little bit more quote unquote realistic yeah. like that Bourne did. But then yeah. James Bond movies ended up getting influenced by both Mission Impossible and the Bourne movies, like the Daniel Craig ones. So it's all coming it, full circle. It looks good. The action looks really good. There, yeah. it's always great in these movies. He did his own stunts. We get it. Yeah. Miss Cruz <laughs> always has to be running. What? Why? Always That's be why she looks so great. She's sixty, and like, like it's it's not like cardio. The more the more I've it's seen trailers for these movies, the more I'm like, yeah, I think the spectacle is actually something I'm excited specifically to see. I yes. In the way that maybe Michael Bay might be a draw, minus all of the super aggressive nationalism. My favorite part was when there there was like a green, um, some sort of uh, oh. pollutant oh, bomb. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no Hulka run. Yeah. No, but it blows up and it goes directly into this <laughs> woman's face that's just sitting there. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Give it a watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's right in the middle Boom. of the room. <laughs> Boom. Right in her face. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last, real quick. Uh, we have to close the loop on an intellectual property thing we've discussed before. <laughs> so, several months ago, we learned that Winnie the Pooh was going to become public domain, and we speculated with our own ideas about what the fuck that could mean, what stories would you like to see from Winnie the Pooh, mm-hmm. and we've gotten our first series of images showing uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey... <laughs> horror film. Uh, did you guys have any thoughts about what this looked like? Uh, what it made you feel about public domain in general? I mean, I like the idea of characters going to the public domain because you can just have batshit interpretations of them. Yeah. And, you know, why, why not? Um, this, the person who's behind this is a big fan of Alan Moore and Frank Miller. Because it's this, it's a very like 1980s esque deconstruction of a child here. It's very Miracle Man. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, the we, way we, hey, you know. You don't have to say it. We were all thinking the same thing. <laughs> yeah. See, I didn't we get that from this. I didn't get that from What'd this. What'd you get from this? I was horrified. 
I will not be sleeping tonight. These images are fucking terrifying. You know, and uh, I hate it. Halloween, the mask that he wears uh-huh. is actually a William Shatner mask. Yeah, yeah. This is the same, but it's Mariah Carey. I need to ask her question. They're not masks. These are just what they fucking look like, right? No, no, no. I think these are masks. <sighs> that makes me feel slightly better. I think they're better. masks. But, uh, that makes you feel better? Actually, it makes I me feel worse. I don't, I don't, want, I don't want those real things walking out in the world. The thing what I, is Tigger going to do with his tail thing, in this fucking movie? The thing I see like is how Piglet has tusks and has become feral because the second you let hogs out, it takes like three months for them to revert to their feral hey, nature. Hey, Brent, who let the hogs out? You, you interrupted me to ask that. <laughs> All right, it. let's let's stop talking about Winnie the Pooh. No. Let's start talking about issues. All right, so the issues. It's our weekly recap of all things X, along with a few of our favorite Marvel house writers and characters. This week we've got three comics: uh, Legion of X number one, uh, Hulk number seven, and Amazing Spider-Man number two. So let's start with Legion of X number one. It's the long-awaited spiritual sequel to Way of X. Uh, it's me, I guess. Oh, okay. I, I guess I'm as well. <laughs> yeah, and Ryan Crawl. Um, so the writer is uh, Cy Spurrier, who also wrote Wave X. The artist is Jan uh, Bazaldua, who is trans, so it's great that we're getting more uh, queer representation on the X books. So the three laws of Krakoa get codified and sort of enforced by Nightcrawler's not quite police force. His new team includes Juggernaut, Pixie, Dr. Nemesis, Lost, Legion, Fabian Cortez, and one other I keep forgetting. Oh, how could I forget it? It's forget me not. Uh, the the not-quite-cops have a not-quite-headquarters, the Alter, a bubble reality contained in Legion's dreaming psyche. We also discovered that Blindfold has been resurrected, but prefers to remain in an ethereal state, and has reignited her love affair with Legion. Storm, who's the region of Araco, if you haven't been keeping up with X-Men Red, and if you haven't, you're stupid, summons Nightcrawler to help Aura Serrata, a member of the Great Ring, and I kept wanting to call her, calling her Rita Aura Serrata. Oh, she was not the same vibe. Yeah. yeah. Um, Looks similar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Could burn, she, your, burn you to uh, destroy you. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so she's a member of the Great Ring. Oh, and she's also uh, a giant fucking eyeball. So apparently the Arakans have literal deities, and they've been uh, they've been summoned much more regularly on their on the new planet than they were back in Amenth. It turns out the Arakans aren't too fond of their gods because on the most brand on brand thing ever, they haven't found any that are worthy of them. Oh, and their unnamed god of mischief uh, evades capture and low-key flee, uh, flees to Krakoa. Low-key, low-key. Do you, uh, you, you get what I did there? Do you I get what I did there? Stop it. Okay. I see. Yeah. I'll kill your whole family. Yeah, so Aura uh, sends a horny AF rocket named Zen, Zen uh, to assist Nightcrawler in getting the deity back. Meanwhile, Legion tells the Quiet Council what Blindfold saw in the astral plane. Nimrod destroying Warlock's dad the Magus, the Emperor of the Technarchy. Uh, and then when Legion returns to the Astral Plane, he and Blindfold meet the brand new character who's got a killer suit and cape, Mother Righteous. First question, who's Zabi? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that question. Because <laughs> you forgot. We all forgot who yeah, it is. I don't yeah. know. They, use, they throw in a lot of extra names and places. It's, it's this, a lot of content. It's a heavy, heavy first issue. Yes. It's a, it's a little um, 
plot heavy, you might say. Yeah. Even in the dialogue, because they have to literally it's got a heavy flow, it. baby. It it truly does. Let it flow. Let it flow. Um, I did enjoy it. Um, the team assembled seems really nice. Mm-hmm. I like that. Forgive me, not there. I won't get old. Uh, uh, it won't get old when they keep forgetting his name. I think yeah. that's funny every fucking time. I love it. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, and Pixie looks amazing. Honestly, I love that new outfit. She looks phenomenal. Yeah. Well, while we're talking about outfits, yeah, please. do you get at all confused by the Juggernaut's outfit being so similar looking to Quentin Quire's Juggernaut that it's the black suit with like a pink lining, but his is well, a black suit with a red lining. Wasn't yeah. Quentin Quire inspired by Juggernaut? To do that? Yeah, but he had a husk thing, and I'm like, oh, Quentin Quire is here husking this husking this guy. I got a question. Is he just always a little glowy like that, or does he put in those lights? Like he's putting, it's, it's like Tron lights. Yeah. Like, it's like it's very 2010. You know, like when you go over to some guy's house and you know it's going to be crazy sex because they have those lights around the windows? No. Me either. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, no, I like this issue a lot. It is very exposition heavy, to Ryan's point. There were times where I was getting a little lost in the plot but it it sometimes it like helps rereading it It, like the second time second and third time i reread it um i really really am enjoying not in just this book but also next men read the exploration of the iraqan culture the world building is fucked i mean they have gods and they exist and they don't respect them how fucking great is that that's so like them it's so (laughs) like them it's great and then you have eyes like um this god is not good enough Blink. (laughs) (laughs) Also love that she she's basically a cop and she's telling Nightcrawler, Oh, you're the Krakoan cop. He's like, not really. No, 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 no. You're the cop. You go take care of this. Yeah. It's great. I did did like her. She did the law and order. I'm gonna make a pun as I walk out. Uh who tell us these things I ask as a courtesy, but understood. Uh if the resolution is not swift. I shall look into this myself. <laughs> yeah! yeah. yeah. Uh, she pulls up one sunglass. Nightcrawler does the yeah, yeah He does. Yeah, very That's, much so. I like, I like that they're like weird cops. I wasn't expecting that from this at all. Can and we it, talk a little bit about the art now? Oh, yes. Yeah, because I actually think this art, it has a somewhat Pepe Larraz vibe. A little bit, yeah. But... Um, I think it's it's got a little bit uh, cleaner lines on things. You know yeah. what it reminds me of, and I love the coloring. Yeah, sagas are uh, Siona Staples, absolute, and even the designs feel very saga. A little bit, very much so. So Jen Basildua, I used to I believe go by Oscar Basildua, and uh, drew Mister and Mrs. X. Remember when we read that? Uh, about yeah, which was Yankees. nice. I yeah. really liked that. that one, yeah. one subtle thing that I really liked was um, the rendition of uh, Legion. Yeah. So <laughs> Legion has a little bit of a Goku look. For sure. A little bit. But the thing I actually liked the most about it was how that look was recreated for Charles. That they actually looked like they were fucking related. Yeah, they which did. Like, instead of Finally. the way that they're drawn all the time, which is like impressionistic to what the artist is the the character is supposed to be i like that there is some heritage connection between no absolutely um i i i like that but and but it also gave you like again back to our original point so much plot Mm -hmm. i mean you've got what's happening in rocco and then all of a sudden legion comes in and says oh uh nimrod is back and he killed the magus and it's like this whole like the whole like 
like phalanx stuff is coming in. It's like, God, they're throwing so much at us in this book. Yeah. Like, it's like, I mean, it feels cohesive, but it was like, boom, 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 boom. We're getting a lot. Yeah. Can we talk a little bit about the, uh, the codification of the laws? Cause there's the fourth one, the mm. spark. Um, you know, they gave us a little bit more detail on what those three laws mean, which is good. Yeah. Write that shit out a little bit more. I mean, they're pretty vague. Well, it is. And it's also in my mind, this isn't a codification of them. This is Nightcrawler's codification of them. That this is whatever this policing order is trying to utilize as a set of rules for how do I prioritize crimes? Yeah. Rather than something that the Quiet Council has specifically dictated as being true. No, uh, it's great, absolutely. And he's trying to be the conscience of the Quiet Council and the conscience of Krakoa, like where they're like not being overtly harsh, uh, you know, on like the most minor infractions. Thank you for expanding on murder no man, because that gets real tricky real fast. Yeah, so I can murder a woman. <laughs> and then it goes first thing it's like or woman. So yeah. uh, the spark is left intentionally vague. Yeah. Try new things. Yeah. Does this just Rain become a stupid middle aged Christian mother's like placard on a wall, yeah, live, it. laugh, love. Oh, yeah. Or is there something in here that you actually think can be explored meaningfully that that doesn't feel kind of like, look, you, you don't know actually what you're talking about, so you're being wishy-washy? I think it's both. One, it is very much that kind of vague, my other coffee cup is a wine glass. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, but I have that one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> My other wine glass is another wine <laughs> glass. <laughs> wine. It's just a wine bottle <laughs> with a straw. Um, it's that, but it's also, it is, trying new things means so much to me. It's the, you know, the exploration of what the X-Men can be. Um, it is the fact that we are going to try to hold people accountable. Maybe not, in the, we don't they won't have to throw everybody in a pit. Yeah. Immediately we find <laughs> ways to redeem people. Uh, I really like uh, the intersection of this book and what's been happening in Sabretooth, yeah. which is the exploration of incarceration yeah. and the writer, you know, Sabretooth is a black man and, you know, like dealing with that kind of like, you know, the, you know, what happens to incarceration with black Americans, you know, is, is a very serious thing in this country. So, True. um, yeah, I don't know. It's, I thought I, I enjoyed this book. It was too dense. I think they wanted to throw in the most with this and give you the idea of where the path was going to go. And then we can do a little bit more human stories after this. Yeah. I mean, I already like Zen uh, or Sen. I don't know how to pronounce her name, but yeah. I think that her, I have no weapon. I have a mutant power, but I don't have a weapon. Yeah. Is an interesting dichotomy and a way of thinking about the nature of powers because usually historically it's been, I'm a mutant who has a power that causes harm to people mm. or I'm useful and supposed to be a leader or some sort of like representative figure. Yeah. This is a completely different way of thinking about like, well, I don't value myself in the way that as part of your culture, you might. Um, I also love that. Like she loved Nightcrawler's delicate features and wants to fuck. Uh, yeah. yeah. She wants to oh, smash. She is, yeah, a, she is a gay man. Cause she's like, yeah, I heard yeah. you're named after a worm. I hope it's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, she is going for it. I love the Iraqans so much. I, they're so much more fun. Yeah. It's, it's finally, we, I think all the last phase we were just like, can we explore? We're finally doing it. I also like, you know, X-Men have always been about subtext 
And now we have the subtext of the Krakoans being like, these are like the, the white or the passing mutants. And then the Iraqans are like the, you know, the BIPOC, uh, like they're the ones who can't pass. Yeah. And they have like a culture that seems really alien to everybody else. And like the, like what's, what we saw happening in X-Men Red last week. What's happening here? Oh my god, it's just so fucking good. So all the designs for them are so amazing. Oh, too. so so, so, so good. I think the last thing we should talk about yeah. is we've got our first dialogue from Mother Righteous. Yes, hell Showing yes. up in the astral plane, she's ready to make some deals. What did she say? What did she say, Brian? Uh, she said, "Hi, my name is Mother Righteous. Go <laughs> <Yeah>. fuck yourselves." <laughs> Uh, but also, she's uh, where is she from? She's just in the astral plane. South she's... South London. <laughs> um, just an humble traitor, me. Nothing too exotic. Spirit spells. Demons. It, she does have a bridge. Because she she fucking look at the way they Why write. Why she sound like Ricky Gervais? I'm sorry that they wrote her that way. Okay, but it's Ricky Gervais. What's it to be, eh? Ambitious young young thing like you. <laughs> All I know is I'm going to be cosplaying as her. She's a. That's the first time I do drag. Yeah, that'll be yeah. Fun. It's, it's basically. Well, to suit. I, I guess for, for me, the, most, the thing I'm most excited about is for her to intersect with Mister Sinister. I want to see those two because oh, he's camp gonna, queens. He's going to want her cape. Yeah. He's going to want her cape. We need the Iraqi Mister Sinister too. So, yeah. like, that would be perfect. <laughs> they wouldn't put up with this nonsense. They do. They have. We have it. Turn. And he is a giant fucking gray rabbit who does not give a fuck. Well, okay, that's what he's I'm about to about. be. He's about to be murdered, though. Yeah. <laughs> gore, gore reminded like the comic gore looks so, like Karn, the uncaring. Yeah, totally. Correct. So they're they're like you know they're brothers. So they are. Brilliant. I liked it. I I did. It. I, at first, I think I was overwhelmed, but I think at the end of the day, I really enjoyed this issue. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on. Hulk number seven, Donny Cates and Martin Cocolo. A banner of war continues with Tony Stark in his celestial Hulkbuster armor entering the fray. This results in a 19-page fight sequence that ends with a Hulk of White Thor as a cliffhanger. Uh, what do you think, Ryan Kroll? I, we've read so many of these stories, and here's another one of them. Um, I think it was kind of fun. Uh, it was fun to see like Tony Stark get involved. Yeah. Um, I, we, we've just we've just seen this story so many times. Yeah. I'm kind of I'm kind of bored by it, but it's I'll read it. <laughs> it's competently written and drawn, so that's what makes it fun. Mm-hmm. But it it isn't changing my world. Has Reed Richards ever fought Hulk? Yeah. As as like the Illuminati. Yeah. I, mean, I think me, everyone it has. Just feels like like it's embarrassing mm-hmm. the amount. Of effort Tony Stark has gone and put into fighting the Hulk and failing abjectly. Every you have the time. body of a celestial and it's still a fair that, fight? That was weird, yeah. That was weird, yeah. Um, when they're in these fights, and we've seen it many times over the years of the Hulk fights Thor, Hulk fights whatever. Yeah. They are always, the Hulk fights uh, Barber. They are always screaming at the top of their lungs. They are the exact opposite of the Mission of Impossible trailer. Yeah. They are screaming yeah. out their fucking faces at all times. Why? They're just listening to Screamo the entire... It's the entire so intense. Yeah. I don't like that they... The way that they've captured Odin's voice in this. I mean, it, it feels like it's too panicky... That it's not, mm. I don't know, it doesn't feel right. You want it to be character. more of like the wise and the old man and like, like it's like, uh, 
here we go again, rather than, oh, shit, what the fuck is that? Maybe, yeah. maybe something else, rather than this, like, panic, no, you don't understand, you don't get it, I can't explain it in so few words, kind of, yeah. I I think it would be better if it was the condescending, I mean, there's parts of it that are the condescending father, like, you're yeah. fucking up again, but if it came from the direction of, like, you don't even get what's going on, stop taking me away from things, I'm doing real work and you're not. You want him to be Abe Simpson to Homer. I, I don't know if I want that. <laughs> you kind of do. That's what I'm hearing. You, you know want what? an onion in his belt. Give me five bees for an onion. <laughs> five bees for an onion. How do we feel about an Asgardian Hulk? Um, I mean, you know, I, I feel Is like I've seen putting it. a hat on a hat? Yeah. A little bit. Absolutely. I mean, anyone who gets gamma radiation at any point in the Marvel comics is a hat on a hat because you're just getting cancer. Correct. But not, yeah, but I would kill Captain Marvel, the original. Yeah. Very sad. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's see where this I, ends, but it's stupid. Well, okay, I, it's I, stupid. I, yeah. I actually did think the, the idea of Hulk having kind of an infection of some sort of people yeah. was interesting, but I like the idea of that being more temporary than. Well, I don't even know what this is, but... <laughs> what, what I will say I like about it is the momentum, because it's weekly at this point, because we, we're on part three, and the last two weeks were parts one and two, mm-hmm. and it's Donny Cates writing all of it, and it's Martin Coccola drawing all of it. So it's like you have a cohesive, yeah. like, aesthetic, yeah, weekly, right. which is like, that. you don't see that And anymore. they're threatening sure. to come out with another one next week. Oh, no. You better watch out. <laughs> So that banner of war just is going to continue. All right, our last book of the week, Amazing Spider-Man number two, Zeb Wells and John Romita Jr. We're still in the dark on what Peter Park did six months ago, but apparently Norman Osborn isn't such a bad guy anymore. Okay, that's new. Uh, and if you were expecting answers on why Mary Jane is married with kids, well, you're not going to find that this week. Tombstone continues to be menacing, and uh, John Romita Jr. keeps reminding us of why he's one of the best Spidey artists ever. What did you guys think? Truly, the art was amazing. We've seen a lot of Spider-Man stories over the years, yeah. and this is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, I, I, it does feel fresh um, when you take MJ and, and most of his loved ones out of his life. You get a different side of him, so I, I'm enjoying that. Um, I, I'd be willing to keep reading this, but I would also be willing to give it up because it's I'm on the fence with how much I care about this reveal of the MJ of it all. You know? Yeah. What'd you think, Brett? I guess I'm just tired. Aw. I'm tired Take of it out. I'm tired of superheroes having their friends okay. date other people that who are, are also super superpowered or, yeah. and connected, but they didn't have that connection being gay. originally. No, because this pointed at Kalen and I. Yeah, <laughs> because sorry if we're overlapping. If Spider-Man introduced his friend to someone at a party, and they're both heroes, that makes sense. But when they're you're trying to leverage the villainness of it all, okay, it, this feels very powers phobic on your part. Um, but I will say, you seem jealous that you don't have powers. And, I'm going to tell and that. Yeah, we're all dating I'm, people I'm, that have I'm Listen, not, I'm not denying my jealousy of power. <laughs> I will find a radioactive spider to come bite you. No. In the middle of the night. then I'll get, get venomous cancer. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll be a superhero. You'll be a superhero. No, I agree with you, Ryan. I've seen, I feel like Zebel is a great writer. J.R.J.R. is a phenomenal artist, of course. But, like, 
I am not getting what I want out of this book yet. The only reason I want to keep reading it is because of that free comic book day issue we read the other day I know. that had Madeline Pryor I'm and a fucking demonic mailbox, and then you had Chasm, who I call Dark Web, which is a better name. Um, <laughs> really Chasm really just sounds like an asshole, like a giant gaping asshole. Let's right? make Dark Web. I love that. Name. I think yeah. there's something about um, Zeb Wells' ability to create perspective that I really enjoy. The way that he writes events interacting. Spider-Man having some spidey sense. Uh, the villains, like when people meet each other at the instance, I think that's very fun. The dialogue doesn't always carry, but I do think there's something here mm-hmm. that has a nice, I don't know, story texture. He's I, good. I want, I want more development of he, that. He makes you care about like Tombstone and some of these characters that you wouldn't be invested in. So good on him for doing that. At least. Yeah, sure. And yeah, I mean, the I, whole organized crime thing is a little... It feels very brand new day, uh, doesn't it? A little bit. And it's like, I don't want them to stretch out the what happened since once ago for too much longer. I know. I, yeah, show me, don't not show me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the saying. Yeah. Don't not show me. It's a news flash. It's the news coming from Brent specifically right now. Oh, great. All right. So we got some more details about Black Panther 2's villain, Namor. Um, it seems to suggest an interesting adaptation of the character. Namor is going to be played by Tenok Huerte. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, we knew that, but the interesting feature is that Atlantis is no longer going to be a Greek-based sunken city, but rather a Mayan or Central American one. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've seen some blurry initial photos and some concept art. Um, and a few picture items I drew of what I think it looks like. That and, yes, but you can't see them. Well, was it was just a giant dick. Yeah. All right. What do you think of this as an adaptation? And how do you, I mean, I don't want to get too sad about it, but how do you feel about the impossibility of the interaction between T'Challa and Namor? Given how impossible. Oh, now you're going to make me cry. Impossible. Because... You're going to make me cry because Chadwick Boseman is no longer with us. But I believe the movie is going to be officially called now Wakanda Forever. I don't even think it's going to be Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Yeah. I think it's just Wakanda Forever. You are correct. Um, the well, That's the first and last time I'll be correct on this podcast. That's Ever. Ever. <laughs> um, the other thing is for me, Namor to work, he's got to be a giant fucking cunt. Mm-hmm. Half naked. Half naked and Thirsty, thirsty. Yeah. Even though he's constantly wet, he's got to be still thirsty. Taikai Watiti, thirsty. He's That's how. Be, thirsty oh yeah, I want to see like unpixelated ass. <laughs> if you get those two things right, things right, everything else is just window dressing. So them changing it, obviously they did it because they didn't want the Aquaman comparisons. Yeah, boom. Uh, and You're so right, and also like. You know, Marvel, the MCU trying to be more um, inclusive of different cultures. I think that's great. I think it's he, great. Here's the thing. We have the DC Universe that has created these cities that are like a, a metropolis is New York. We yeah. the one of the great things about the Marvel City is like Lower East Side. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um one of the great things about Marvel Comics, even from the, its inception, is these people are ingrained in our world. Since Correct. we know we can't really use Atlantis because Aquaman is already using it, this only makes sense. Yes. So for uh Truth, like fans getting really mad that they're not going to be saying Atlantis is so silly. Yes. Um, I saw one comment online that I really enjoyed. It said, uh, it, it was someone being like, 
oh, I'm really offended that they're not using Atlantis. And someone said, are you a native Atlantean? <laughs> so he went on the Atlantis cruise, and he got every STI known to man. Yeah, but it, think, it's just ridiculous. It, this is a good move. Yeah, I think for a character like Namor, it's never been particularly important his Greek roots. <laughs> not he's, at all. He's never talked about it. He's, yeah, he's if never he, brought it up. If he has a culture... It's the culture of Namor. It is not about Imperius Rex, yeah, exactly. About him. But I do, I think that there is some interesting, I mean, a lot of people have compared it to, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, Tenochtitlan, mm -hmm. which is the, you know, Aztec city mm -hmm. that was a network, of a, a massive framework on a huge body of water. Mm -hmm. I think that's a great different approach rather than that makes sense. the, you know, Minoans or whatever stupid Greek society that somehow sunk under. Why do we need more Greek shit? We've already got so much Greek mythology already. And it's going to be also brought into Thor, Love and Thunder with True. Zeus and all that. And we don't want it to look like Aquaman. We don't want them to have to do weird fucking bubbles that they like dance through and then fight. I think this is the right choice. <laughs> Agreed. The arrogance, the sex appeal, but I also think that there's a level of charisma. Yes. That will be fun to see from this character. But um, you did make me really sad that we're not going to have the rivalry between him and T'Challa. I mean, we, I know. we've read us. We've got. We're going to do a review of uh, Hickman's run of the Avengers eventually and, one day, and it is it is chock full of the. Mm -hmm. uh, f the rivalry between T'Challa and Namor. Filled yeah. to the brim with blood and honey. Yes, it's T'Chaka full. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Namor, Namor, Namor. Yeah, <laughs> Namor. <laughs> but it's, it, it's such an important thing, I think, in the comics. I think that they will still be able to carry over some of those themes and about, you know, the, the idea that Wakanda can't be isolationist but it also doesn't mean that it has to be pro-war or whatever versus whatever this version of quote-unquote Atlantis is going to bring and Namor. Mm -hmm. I, I'm very interested to see that philosophical debate among rulers um, and also understand what the fuck they're, what, what's their fight going to be? Yes. They're Why not they're close like, to each other. Well, yeah. there, there was that uh, earthquake in the, Ocean that they yeah. brought up in they mentioned in, in, in game and, yeah. uh, Infinity War right in game yeah oh, it, was in game. it was it was after the yes that's right yeah when when like they were doing all like the stuff that was popping up early in the movie I'm sure they'll make a reference to that yeah yeah, yeah. all right next news story speaking of Aquaman so this is a yeah speaking of Aquaman why didn't I do that I know <laughs> why can't I do my own fucking job you're doing great so <laughs> this story is a little bit hard to talk about I think. Because it's about Amber Heard's role in Aquaman 2. And I've consumed so much mm -hmm. of this stupid fucking defamation trial between Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. I, I've consumed more than I wanted to, and none of it has been voluntary. Yeah. And Thank you. I get really worried, and this is a point someone else had pointed out, but there's like, it feels like we're reliving the villainization of women in a prior historical events and pretending like that stuff didn't happen before and we're in a different time. But knowing all the details of it, it's like, yeah, it looks like a complicated story between two people 
And that's really hard for us collectively to figure out what's the truth. The thing that's come out of it is that a lot of fans, some 4 million signatures have requested or demanded that <laughs> Amber Heard be completely removed from Aquaman 2 or Aquaman the Lost Society or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, lost forever, I don't know. Yeah, got to find that society too. So there are rumors that her time has been cut down to 10 minutes. Screen time, it's just a rumor, we don't know. But it's possible that she might have been cut entirely or they might do reshoots where they include another character from uh, the Aquaman storylines, probably Dolphin, who just squeals the whole time. Who is actually just a literal dolphin. <laughs> I like the character of Dolphin, actually. You She's do? pretty cool, yeah. Uh, I don't know much about her. She was used in, uh, well, she was like, in, like, like a, one of those obscure DC characters. Where she was used in Grant Morrison's Animal Man, mm-hmm. which is one of uh, their earlier works um, uh, for DC and is very. Uh, it was very progressive, uh, and it's very fourth wall breaking, uh, and and like when that stuff didn't really happen yeah. in the comics, you know, like yeah. pre She Hulk, pre Deadpool, obviously. Yeah. So, so this scenario is a toxic, radioactive mess, yeah. and it's really hard to parse out all of the issues that are going on. What do you guys think about the calls to remove Amber Heard entirely? Where do you think, because this is like gets into all the stupid cancel culture stuff, but yeah. wh- where does your mind go when fans are doing this? Is it toxic Snyder fans or is it people who aren't even consuming? I think this is wider than the Snyder fans. Though. Yeah, I agree because with people, that. Oh, people are watching this more every I, day. I, I th- to your point, Brent, I just feel like this, what's happening with this trial, it's really complex. Yeah. And like the people who are taking one side over the other are like, I'm like, this is just, I think it's a shitty situation with some shitty people. Yeah. And, or it's complex people, I should say. And is it bad to say, I don't really give a fuck? Like, cause I didn't really care for the first movie and I don't, I'm not invested in her and I'm not invested in the movie. And I just, I don't have a, like any kind of a visceral reaction about keeping her or getting rid of her. So you don't care either way. So I really don't. Keep her in her gut. You don't yeah. Care. I mean like this specific instance, yes, but I think. Brent, if I heard you correctly, you're asking, like, what do you mean about this, like, in a larger sense? Like, well, the trend I, of this. Just I, I, just any lens that you have for looking at it. Because if you had asked me before any of the trial became this circus, I would have said, yeah, you should cut Mira as much as possible. Yeah. She was one of, of the worst things yeah. about Aquaman. You mean the red wine spears? Oh yeah. My the way she defiled God. that red wine was tough. You were so angry. I was so mad. I almost walked out. Terrible. You almost threw a wine glass but, at the screen. Then I got another glass of wine and I walked right yeah. back in. <laughs> but then I held up my glass for one of her spikes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, th- I think they should leave her in personally. Um, we don't really know the full story. We're seeing both sides of it. It's very jo- Johnny Depp heavy on yeah. all the stories we're seeing. So it's tough and we're only seeing one angle to it, which I, I, I think she's not going to make this movie better or worse. (laughs) To me, it's like the, this court case isn't, it is not deciding the truth and it is not giving clarity about the situation that they're involved in. It is not as clear cut or maybe as, um, 
maybe as well worked out publicly right. as some other issues where we might say, yeah, you shouldn't work with Woody Allen or yeah. Yeah. some other scenario where it's not it, where it's more cut and dry. Yeah. This being a he said, she said, or I mean, it's not really that to me, it seems like, well, tell the story you want to tell. Yeah. You've already made it. Yeah. That's what you've already filmed it. You should just still do that and then make the corrections for the next one because it's still probably going to do good. Yeah. I wonder if it's going to help or hurt it, though, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what the studio is trying to figure out, obviously. Right. Um, anything else? Nah, we should get into some plugs. Oh, you know what that sound means. Um, that sounds like an unplug, actually. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, my, my anal Sorry, just rip something out of one of you. Um, as always, we like to wrap up with a little something we call Plug Me Daddy, where each of us get a quick chance to highlight something that we've read, seen, heard, and experienced, and want to share with you, our little cummy bears. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh themes. I'm a little piglet. <laughs> Eeyore. Uh, you want to go first? Yeah, right. sure. I want to do an unplug me. Yeah. Because I need, what you I fucking need <laughs> AMC to fucking fix their app. It is the worst. Why are you using the AMC app? Streaming app I've ever used. AMC. Oh, oh, like AMC. The, oh, you mean like the AMC. show? Like AMC, like the channel. Baby the channel. Girl, what are you watching? I, Walking I Dead? Been trying, I, it's been so Fear important. the Walking Dead. It's been so important for me to watch Better Call Saul oh, yeah, in real do. time. But because uh, Netflix took off. Mad Men, yeah, when I was awesome. like doing a rewatch like two years ago, right. uh, I, I decided, well, let's pick that back up. But the AMC app is so goddamn terrible. It doesn't it remember where you've left when you leave a TV show. You have to search so hard no. to find the TV show that you were just watching, and you have to find your fucking episode, research for shit. It'll sometimes just freak out and go, there's no more show, or it'll just jump to the fucking credits. Unplug. AMC. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. um the Showtime one is pretty terrible too. It's a, we've been spoiled it's, by some good quality yeah. streaming platforms. They're all a little bit finicky, but like yeah, that I mean, that is truly atrocious. AMC, get your shit together. Get your together. shit together. I'm so sorry if you're uh yeah, I know. Um the sad thing is that Netflix, Netflix. like has the best actual app. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like it's so well done. But I'm so angry at them for continuing to give time to Stranger Things. I agree. Well, that Ricky Gervais, uh, Ricky Gervais, yeah, people uh, like Ricky Gervais fair. and Dave Chappelle, and it's just like it's like yes, they're anti-trans and like they're like punching down with the humor, but their humor is so bad. It's so basic. Look, I don't know. I don't know what Ricky Gervais' special has. Yeah. I don't know what jokes there are, but yeah. I do know it's a problem when Netflix sends out a memo to all of its employees. Hey, if you are going to be upset by this comedy special being released, you might as well quit now. Huh? That's the stance? That was what they said to their own employees. Yeah. Jesus. That's, like, read the room, yo. Netflix. Read, read the fuck. Netflix. Especially when they. girl. Well, somebody pointed out that Netflix is, like, you know, their only point of view is money, please. I mean, I get their business yeah. is capitalism. But it's like you like want to be not like, the honest Disney Plus people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, I mean, Pride Month is going to be here before we know it, and um, that's my plug right there. 
Um, it, and like, you know, Netflix is going to talk about like what a wonderful ally they are. Everything's going to be rainbows. Pride voices. Here are all the Netflix it's shows. It's like Heartbreaker. Is one of we so great in Heartbreaker? Uh, Here's the imitation game. Oh, we're pro gay. Yeah, that was a good movie. But yeah, I mean, yeah. So, but it's just really, really frustrating that's happening. But anyways, what's your plug? Um, did you not? Did you, was it you doing an unplug? Well? No, I'm going to do a plug. But oh. I'll, I'll, I'll unplug. Last. You know what? I'll unplug some streaming shit too. Um, so uh, on Amazon, a better app, some might say. Yeah. Uh, they, they they rebooted uh, Kids in the Hall. Which yeah. Oh, was, is it good? It's um, they're uh, they very much reference that they are older a lot. Um, which you can tell because they look older, but some of the stuff is actually good. Um, it is just a bunch of white dudes doing sketch comedy. Right. And, and <laughs> it's uh, give it, give it a watch. Um, okay. it, it's interesting. It, it is a call to the past in all the nice ways. And, um, yeah. it feels, it feels like a, not a send off, but it feels like a good, uh, for them to be back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. It, it's worth a watch. So I'm going to get a little, Political, my plug. Oh, but we're all out of time. I know. Unplug. <laughs> so if you want to follow us, we're on Instagram. All right. Uh, so Type it's been five, a, baby. It's been a tough week, tough couple of weeks. Um, I'm a Texan, and some really bad stuff happened in Uvalde, Texas, as everybody knows. And it just feels like this is just. At first, I was just numb because I was like, "Oh, another school shooting." And then you read about it, and I was like absolutely mortified and just like got really sad um, as every human being did. And I got sadder because I know like nothing is going to change in this country. And, um, you know, I just, I just know that, but you know, um, there's a guy running for governor there, Beto O'Rourke. He ran for president, he ran for Senator. And the fact that he went to um, governor Abbott's event and the mayor uh, Uvalde's event um, and basically like just stood there and like, uh, they 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 said heckled and it's like he just spoke truth to power and he's like y'all are doing nothing you are just here offering more theater and you know you are letting down the people of Texas you are not handling this and it like gave me that if not a sense of hope uh, a voice I think and I think a lot of people are frustrated that like nothing is getting done and like sometimes you just need the ability to vent and I think he gave people a lot of that permission to vent. And so that's my plug. Wait, that's a good plug. That That's great. Wait, do you, would you recommend anywhere going to like support something? Yeah. You can, you can, very tough cost. I mean, you can donate to his quixotic gubernatorial campaign. I mean, he's very unlikely to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's Texas. Uh, and I see this is a Democrat that grew up in Texas. Um, yeah. you can always send 800, uh, Venmo requests from the NRA <laughs> and just demand <laughs> them give you money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there are organizations out there like uh, Moms Demand Action, uh, uh, Every Town uh, Against Gun Violence, which formed after Sandy Hook. Yeah, there's plenty of like uh, you know organizations that are like uh, calling for common sense gun safety, um, you know, legislation that are out there. And honestly, just make your voice heard. You know, vote for candidates that are actually talking about doing something. You know, and not just offering thoughts and prayers. So sure, yeah. great plug. Uh, I'm a very big fan of the podcast Hysteria, which is a crooked media podcast. But yeah. I always describe Greg Abbott as a basic bitch who can't govern. Uh, <laughs> he's te- he's going to be the longest-serving governor of Texas because if he wins this cycle, which he probably will, he will have been governor since 
2014 till somebody did the math, 2027. And as a retired marionette puppet, that's an impressive. <laughs> that's a long fucking time. Yeah. Okay, that's been our podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Homo Superior X and Instagram at Homo Superior Podcast. Check us out at our awesome con panel, Queerness and the X Men, Room 206. Uh, that's the same room that everyone was murdered in in the Overlook Hotel. That's not true. Okay. <laughs> sounds fun. Yeah. We've been Homo Superior. Bye. 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 Bye.